Hello and welcome to the Explore Your Core podcast. I'm the host Elise and on this podcast we delve inwards and explore how some incredible people are following their own passion and purpose and how you can find yours too. Today I'm joined with Georgie Chambers, an incredible woman who I met at 6am in the freezing ocean when we plunged into the water with the Cold Water Club, which is actually an incredible community that kind of gets around being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So Georgie, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to see where this conversation takes us today. Yeah, me too, me too. And talking about the Cold Water Club, what got you into that? And as well, I guess more importantly, what got you being able to be comfortable being uncomfortable? Yeah, I think it all started, I'd been overseas in in July and a group was running a nine for nine challenge, which was just nine minutes submerging yourself in the cold water every day for the month of August. And obviously August in Melbourne is winter and it's freezing cold and it was all about challenging yourself and stepping out of your comfort zone and and doing these hard things for those um, that are really challenged by things like um, mental ill health. And so the guys that run it from the Zoop network, they wanted to raise money and raise awareness for the nine lives that are lost to suicide every day in Australia. And I'd met these guys a few months prior and I was like, this sounds awesome, but I was overseas. So when I got home, I just jumped straight in. I'd missed the first 12 days. So I challenged myself to then do all through September and it just ended up becoming a little bit of an addiction, Um, going down into the water. More often than not, I was by myself because I didn't know that there were so many communities around. But yeah, just going down to the beach putting myself in the water and just giving myself nine minutes where I literally could think of nothing other than all of my senses and what I was feeling in that moment. And it was just super grounding and quite an eye-opening experience for me to just be with myself in that moment of time. And you think nine minutes isn't very long, but when you're in the cold water in winter, (laughs) it's just you and your mind, it can go forever. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you said that you started to like really love it because it's something that you wouldn't think you would. Because I started doing cold cold showers and it was something to begin with. It was like, I don't want to. I, I should. I don't want to. I'll give it a try. And then it started being like, I'm buzzing after. Like, I'd feel really good. So I'd actually want to do it. And then I started to actually love it. And now, yeah, I've just been traveling like South Australia and Tassie. And every morning, it's just a morning, a morning ritual now. Like, go up and swim and it feels amazing but you wouldn't think that's something that you would enjoy being cold yeah <laughs> it's I so totally powerful agree. it is and I think initially when I was doing it I wasn't working I was working funny shifts so I'd often go like during lunchtime but then I found that when I was doing it in the morning it would literally just it would wake you up and you'd feel on such a high for the rest of the day because of like that massive dopamine hit that just like goes straight to your to, to your brain and you just felt like you really were living on a high for the whole day and yeah, I don't know. I just became addicted to that feeling of just feeling like I was challenged out of my comfort zone, but also that I was just doing something really good for myself and that I was, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just, I don't, yeah, it's just one of those really lovely addictions to be able to do something that's good for your health and good for like everyone as building a community, building awareness, having conversations where, you know, when you're in the water you're so vulnerable Mm. it's just you and that wide open ocean and when I started joining a couple of communities like the cold water club 
you're in this space at 6am in the morning when no one else is up and often we'll like do some circle time and just like check in with everyone but I know there's just something super vulnerable about being in the water being exposed to that cold sensation and being able to truly just be exactly as you are in that moment and I think that is where like the power of that practice is yeah it's so powerful it's like it almost just even though I love like hiking and stuff it's you really get to connect with someone far beyond just that surface of like hey who are you it's just like this is where I'm at and it just opens that space because yeah as you said you're in the extremes of nature you're just vulnerable as is and it's such a good way to get like connected really quickly and the community is amazing as well because they're all people that know the power of being comfortable being uncomfortable like it's an incredible kind of group around that yeah absolutely and I think in that space like you don't feel ashamed to just show up as you are in that um, on that day like I, I remember several times I always got excited because when I got to a community it was like oh I, I actually have people to com- um, have a conversation with as opposed to doing it by myself but I remember a couple of days rocking up and there were a couple of other girls that they were just like I really don't want to like I, I just can't today I'm not feeling it and then they hop in the water and afterwards they're just like buzzing because they're just like oh I can't believe that I didn't feel like I wanted to go in. I was almost going to limit myself by not, but then how much it can just change them in in 10 minutes of just being in, unco- in that uncomfortable situation. Yeah, so powerful. But it also makes you realise as well, like even if you are doing great, incredible things, even if you are doing things that are good for yourself, doesn't solve all your problems. It doesn't make you this kind of whole person. It's like, yes, I get up and run and yes, I get up and swim, but I still have the things that I'm working through. And I think it's really incredible that people go into the water with that acceptance like we are all still working on things absolutely and I think that just goes to show that that is part of life and I think something that took me so long to learn and it seems so ridiculous but like we are genuinely on a journey and that journey can take us anywhere and any which way but I feel like at school I always used to think you know it was all about these destinations and these points that you had to get to and then life would change or life would be x y and z but I think, as you say, you show up as exactly as you are and we're all still working through things. We're all still, everyone's got their challenges and more often than not, we don't speak about them. Mm. However, we are all on this journey and just showing up shows that we have this acceptance for ourselves and we have this love for ourselves to be able to do the things that we know are good for us at the end of the day and and having that support network there as well that not necessarily to keep you accountable, to, but just to be there for you mm-hmm. when those days are a bit more challenging. Yeah. And talking about your journey, do you mind sharing a little bit of some of like the hardships or some of the biggest challenges you have been through? Yeah. Um, as everyone, we've, we've all been through our hardships and our challenges. Um, some of the key ones for me would be, this might make me a bit emotional, <laughs> Um Definitely when I was at uni, I ruptured my ACL and being a pretty active and sporty person really found that challenging. Um, I was in a space where I was quite in a a very social space in my life and I felt really reliant on others, which actually made me in turn close off because I didn't want to rely on others. I wanted to be um, independent and capable without them but I actually did need their support to you know help me with carrying things and whatnot so that was definitely one part um, or one challenging part of the journey another one would be going through several traumatic experiences when I was younger 
they were things that I'd suppressed and neglected and just sort of forgotten about because I didn't really know how to deal with them when I was younger. Um, and only when I've now, over the last sort of 18 months, two years, really started to delve into who I am and what makes me the person that I am, have I been able to uncover and work through some of those experiences and and how in suppressing them and, and neglecting those parts of me, they sort of manifested in different ways and and really grew into bigger issues for me later on. But yeah, so the last two years I've been working through a little bit of that sort of childhood trauma. And then also another significant one would be living with um, an eating disorder for seven years of my life from my um, all throughout my early 20s, um, which was incredibly challenging, um, frightening and really isolating as well. Thank you so much for, for sharing and being so open with that. It can be really hard as well with um, eating disorders in particular. It's really hard. At least I've yeah, struggled with that as well, is that I found it hard for people to relate to the issues, like especially I was in high school as well. So um, I think with anxiety and depression, it can be that little bit easier for people to understand. They're like, oh, I felt low you just feel like you're feeling really low or like anxiety. Like I felt anxious. You might like, you can kind of take that extreme and understand. But when it's like, I fear food, it's like, ah, oh, why I like food. Like it's really hard to feel. Like, and it makes sense. Like it's completely irrational. And sort of very, very irrational. Like it's then hard to kind of get that reassurance and help from others when it, it doesn't even make sense to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You question those things every day. It's like, why do I have this? Either, like why do I have this obsessive thought about food or why do I have this relationship with something that is there purely to help me survive as a human yet it is such a yeah you, you have this fear you have this fixation on it and it's yeah. as you say it is really hard to if you haven't ever had that experience it is really hard to relate to yeah but I think as yeah traumatic as it was now that I am through it I'm really grateful for how it's taught me to be around fear like I feel like I had that chance to face fear like yeah six times a day every day for years on end so now I have a really good relationship with fear where I can know it at times it's irrational or that I'm willing to like face it and and feel it which I think has been a really good strength moving forward yeah absolutely being able to feel that fear and and recognize where it's coming from and what what does it actually mean to me is it a fear that I'm actually going to like be eaten by a lion or is it irrational like I often reflect on this when I'm talking like in um seminar or not seminar in um, workshops with my divers is like a fear of doing a new dive off a diving board it's like is it going to kill me at the end of the day is it an irrational fear is it just something that you know it's high above the water and yes things can go wrong but if we've taken all the steps to do it correctly we minimize the chance of that. So it's just like, yeah, stepping out of that concept of what is this fear actually, where is this fear actually coming from and being able to conceptualize that a little bit more. So yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually been really good in that sense of knowing how to sit with it, not turning it into self, that's self-destructive or running away from it. Like I feel like I've got the courage now to kind of run into fear and like be with it, which is really, really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And with your injury, 
That's massive. And it's funny because injuries are so common. It's like, oh yeah, like you, because I was just um with my friend today, like we went for like a little run in a swim, but he's broken his arm. So it's kind of like, you know, dipped his feet in and you don't even realize just the challenges of that, of like how much it can limit you, but also, yeah, how much an effect you can have with isolation, with not being able to socialize the same. Like it's, yes, it's common, but it's like massive. How did you kind of navigate your way through having an injury? that was probably where I really started to switch off I really started isolating myself from people at that point in time and that was where my eating disorder really started to grow I didn't really know who to talk to I didn't really know how to share my experience with others because all of my friends at the time were going out partying and just living the life of a 21 year old and I was on crutches and I was just not in that same headspace um and I didn't let anyone on I did like I didn't let on that I was really in a bad space I was still pretty positive and upbeat about the whole situation but internally I just had started putting like walls up in my mind and I just felt like a real burden on others I felt like I didn't know who to talk to I didn't know where to turn to I didn't really know what was going on to be honest with you either and it's only upon like looking back on it now that I realize how bad of a place I got myself into but and I think it's sort of a bit like a snowball it just sort of starts really small and then it keeps growing and growing and growing and and yeah at the time I didn't really recognize how much it was impacting my life and then impacting the life of those around me as well but I was in a bad place and I was in denial that anything was wrong so yeah it got pretty bad (laughs) um slowly and how did you kind of navigate your way out of that it took a long time I think for most of or for several years I was in denial I didn't really speak to anyone about it I didn't really verbalize that I was in a bad place. Um, I took up some yoga eventually because I wasn't able to run. And in yoga, I really started to recognize how busy my mind was and how much I couldn't sit still. And that's where I sort of started to recognize that being in stillness was super uncomfortable for me. Like you get to Shavasana at the end of a um, class and I literally couldn't lie there. Like I would be fidgeting and agitating and agitated. I was just moving still. And I swear people were looking at me being like, stop, just stop. But I just couldn't. Um, And it's funny because now I like, that is my favorite part of yoga. I could lie there and meditate for half an hour, no issues. But at the time I realized how fidgety I was and how much my mind was just so active that then I realized that I probably started started needing to slow down a little bit more and and recognizing what was going on inside and just working through some of the, you know, challenges and traumas from the past that were creating so much turmoil in me. And, and yeah, it was only probably three or so years after I'd done my knee and had been in a really bad bad place that I started to sort of seek help and, and look at getting better, I guess. So yeah, it was a bit of a slow and long journey, but I, I think, in hindsight, you really don't know the depth or the extent to what you're going through until you look back and you actually recount everything. Well, I know from my in, from my experience anyway. Yeah, and, and you always recognise afterwards that there's so many other things that you could have done to help yourself. But in the moment, you can only do the best that you can do and you only have the resources that you've got right now. And 
you only work with that. So yeah, looking back, I would have done things so differently. But at, at the time I was 21, 20 to 23, didn't really know any better and didn't know, didn't get taught at school how to seek help when you're struggling or what these signs could have meant or how to just talk to a friend vulnerably. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really big thing though to realise and recognise like you were doing the best that you could at the time. Like I know I look back, like I can't believe I didn't think of this. I can't believe I, I dealt with it in that way. Like that was the best thing I could do at the time. Like I was struggling. That was like a survival thing. It was all I knew. I didn't know any better. There's no point being harsh. Like, oh, I just wish I got into this or tried this. It's like you, you were just, you know, a young person just trying to navigate things. And maybe it wasn't the best coping mechanism, but it's kind of all you knew. Like there's no point being harsh. And I think I had a similar experience with yoga. And I know you mentioned in your like a previous podcast, like not having the best intentions with exercise and I guess having an eating disorder, they can go hand in hand. But I, I had the same thing with yoga. I hated it. I was looking at the clock the whole time, just being like, when's it done? 50 minutes, like that, that I can't, like that's so long and it's like not even exercise. So it's not even doing anything. And yeah. it's just like painful. It was so painful. Like I just remember being, I actually started at one stage leaving yoga early so that way I wouldn't even do the full hour. I was like, I can't. It's just, oh, like I just, it just felt so long. Um, And then something kind of switched when I realized like this is really good to have that inward reflection. And now it's just a way to clear my mind and kind of reset. And now I can't <laughs> without it. 100%. Totally agree with you on that. And I think it links also back to that level of acceptance. It's just like accepting it's going to be an hour. And I think knowing that you have that mind that wants to be active and wants to move it's like oh this is challenging me this way this isn't challenging me physically like we're doing a workout or going for a long run but this is challenging my mind to slow down and to be really present right now with all the things that are going on for me only in this moment Mm. but yeah I think slowing down is a massive thing and it's so easy to get caught up in the business even in like the fitness industry or the whole like productivity and doing things like it's an amazing community what's out there but it's also a really challenging thing to slow down and do less and think less and just like be comfortable with the present moment how how have you found that experience of being more kind of present and mindful yeah for sure I think it's something that over the last 18 months particularly has been a massive influence on where I am right now and Mm -hmm the amount of growth that I've been able to cultivate in my life. But I think we do get so sucked into, we live it like we live in this society that is so stimulated because we've got access to our phones all the time. We've got access to all these things that can ping at us, that can, you know, food can be dropped at my door. Like life is so easy for everything to just happen so quickly and instantaneously. And we're so stimulated that I think we get so absorbed in that and we forget that it's okay to just stop and it's actually so healthy for us to just stop and to be in a moment without having something stimulating us, having something to watch or listen to or or focus on, but instead just being able to, to be really present in the now. And I think when I first heard, I can't remember who said it, who I heard say it, but them state that, we're not human doings yet. We're always trying to do, 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 tick off our to-do list, get through all these chores. We're actually human beings and we should just be able to be right now. 
I remember the first time I heard that and I was like, oh my God, my whole world has just changed. Because I used to live for that to-do list every single day. And it's like that rush, rush, rush that I have to make sure I do everything. I have to show everyone that I've achieved all this stuff instead of actually coming back to what if I just choose to show up today exactly as I am and just sort of see how the day unfolds. Mm. And I think that comes from such a grounded place of, I am who I am and what's meant for me is coming for me today. Such a nice feeling. You're not always just like chasing and striving. It's just like nice to be content in the moment, which is a really, like it's hard to get, but when you get it, it's such a nice feeling. And I just did the um, Great Ocean Walk and it was, yeah, SOS for three days. And it was actually a massive relief. I was kind of like when at first I was like, no. And then it was, it just forced me to be present. And it's so funny, even just within three days, like it was such a short amount of time. It felt like forever because that's actually hard to do. <laughs> at least for me it was yeah. hard. But it just like forced me to be present. And like everything became so still and so exciting. Like I even got to my bag drop in the second night and I ge- it genuinely felt like Christmas. I was like, there was fresh socks. There was fresh undies. I'm like, such small things a, a tea bag I was like this is amazing I now have tea like the small things are so nice and I didn't have any guilt because it and I like I just was off my phone so SOS it just meant that it wasn't like I'm wasting time because I was just hanging by the water watching the waves but I think if I had reception I would have been like well now I could be doing something now I could be messaging someone I could be call you know I could be doing something and that almost just went away because I'm like well I can't even and yeah. like completely disconnected. I didn't have to think about what I could be thinking about. It was just like me and the beach. And it was a really immersive experience. 100%. It sounds incredible. And I like can relate on so many levels when you go out in the wilderness and you don't have signal, how powerful it is to just be away and so much more connected to yourself and your surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes it literally takes me to get to SOS until I can. Like I don't like I have the willpower to just turn it off but it was really nice and I didn't have that temptation either it was just like well there's not an option um but it's just sad that it's got to that place that I almost need someone to tell me to be off my phone or like for reception not even be there to fully like disengage I think that's actually a really good reminder now for me to try and um disconnect for a little while at least yeah be a bit more present of that like to try and be on it less because it's I really feel like that is one of the biggest things that influences my experience like while traveling and and just living is when I'm off my phone and technology, I really feel like I experience that experience. And then when I have a phone, like, and it's fine, like sometimes I've got to get back to friends or someone calls, but it just feels like really interrupted. And I've noticed it stops me getting into a flow state. I find that when I'm off and disconnected for a couple hours, I'm really like, I'm doing this. No, I'm skating, I'm walking, like I am or even at a cafe, like I am here. And then when I'm messaging in between, maybe it's, you know, a quick, just like 30 seconds, automatically I feel like, oh, like you just, you can't get as deep and as focused in anything when it just keeps bringing you back to a different level. Absolutely. The attention's taken away from where you're at. Yeah. I definitely make it an effort, not always, but occasionally I'll go for a long walk and I'll either leave my phone at home or I'll put it on airplane mode and just allow myself that time. I mean, it's not a long period of time, but some days it'll be like a two-hour escape, but it's just nice to know that I'm not, my attention isn't being taken every few moments from a phone going off or from a notification of some description. So, yeah, I think it's such a powerful space to be in 
and knowing that we can control that for ourselves, whether that that's a massive stepping out of our comfort zone for a lot of people. And that's okay. I think that's like such a great place to start with just being able to accept that I'm not going to be in my phone for the next two hours. I'm going to put it away, whatever that is, that whatever that looks like, but just be really present with what I'm doing right now. Yeah. That's a really good reminder for yeah myself and others like listening to see if we can limit it in some way, go for a mindful walk, go out for a day or half a day or whatever you're, you're feeling and just have that airplane mode on. It is something that I, I really love. Like it helps me like, um, have deeper thoughts, more present thoughts and get that flow state. And there's nothing better than flow state. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I've just recently, um, cause I've been swimming more, been like floating and it is like my new favorite form of like meditation. It's just this nothingness that goes over you. You just can't hear anything, can't see anything. You're just floating. Liberating. <laughs> so funny that you said that I was literally, obviously the, Bay's been so polluted with all the rain recently. Mum and dad have a pool and I was literally just there this morning after work and I literally was just floating. For oh, like right. I was too. <laughs> just looking up at the blue sky, like seeing the trees rustle next to me. But, yeah, as you say, you're just like in a whole different world. Mm. Yeah, which is so, so powerful. So, so nice. But it's it's been a really nice part of like the journey getting to this state where I can be working on flow state and presence and like that things that make what makes things just like nice nicer easier stage which I guess it's not always hasn't always been like that it's been quite a challenging time and I think as you said you've mentioned being through the kind of that that same thing that struggle touching back on that I was just wondering what your experience has been like with um, self-acceptance and body image and working through that I don't think there's a female out there or even actually it's probably like a lot of males too but I don't think there's any many people out there that haven't ever had negative body image thoughts I think mm-hmm. it is so much more common than we ever share mm-hmm. um, and is something that can be so overpowering as well I don't really even know where to start with it but I've definitely I mean I still have my days mm-hmm. I still as someone who is on the I mean we all as I said the journey is sort of always winding journey, and you always yeah. have those moments that you know you come back to where you're at and you're like oh why do I still find what do I why can I still look at myself in the mirror and be so dissatisfied with what I see mm. or why do I still put this item of clothing on and critique myself mm. and I still have those moments of challenge where I where those sort of thoughts creep in Mm -hmm. But I think it's then looking back at the bigger picture and thinking I'm not my body or I'm, I'm not defined by my body and what it looks like, but I am defined by the person that I am and how I show up in this world. And I think coming back to just like where we gain our acceptance. And for me, those time, that time in the water where you are really vulnerable and I've been by myself or even when I haven't been by myself, but knowing that you're going into this freezing cold water, it's like if I accept that it's going to be freezing and I do it anyway, when I get in there, it's like, well, what do I have to think about now? Because I know it's cold. I've accepted that it's cold. I can just be. And I think that was a massive part for me in being able to accept so many other things. Um, And I think Mm. when we do have that level of acceptance in in everything in life, that things are going to happen out of our control always. But it's how we can in turn take control back or look at how we can build 
our own resilience around the things that we don't have control over. Only then are we able to grow and proceed through our life. And I don't, I think I just sort of, I don't even know if I really answered the question there, but for me, things that have really helped with my self-acceptance is the little daily things that I do that help me come back to who I am and why I am on this earth. And they can be things like I have a little chalk pen that I write on my mirror and one of them just says smile. And so every time I wake up in the morning, I smile at myself in the mirror <laughs> and all of a sudden like if someone smiles to you out in the out on the street, you always get that little warm, fuzzy feeling. And I was like, well, why can't I do that for myself every day? Like I can smile and see it back. So something like that has enabled me to be like, oh, life is actually so good. And every time I choose to smile and look at all the positive things in this world, the more I find there is to be positive and to be happy about. And so that's been a massive part of like the healing journey um, and and self-acceptance. Another one was um, reading... Brene Brown's book and she talks about choosing courage over comfort and I think that's been a massive one as well for me over the last 18 months is like stretching myself out of my comfort zone and choosing to be courageous in everything that I do or or at least um you know every day like have I done something that's taken me out of my comfort zone and I've had to be courageous and that could be having a conversation with someone that could be doing a swim that could be just doing something different that I don't usually do. But for me, it's like today I choose to be courageous and I choose to step out of my comfort zone. And I know that when I do that, again, I I go through this journey of becoming a better version of myself and accepting myself and enabling myself to build more resilience for when like more challenging things come my way. Yeah, no, I love that. I was about to ask like how do you like help work on your body image and you've just answer that so beautifully and I think self-acceptance is a massive thing like just accepting that it is going to be hard and you're going to have hard days and it's not going to like accepting is such a powerful powerful thing because you know even if you do work on um so like eating healthy or you know whatever it is that then like fixes your problem like even then you're still going to have bad days and you're still not going to be satisfied so there's that level of self-acceptance of knowing a lot of things out of my control and a lot of things I don't know about it gonna happen but if I can be accepting that's great and then the cold water challenge and like being in that environment is exactly that it's just like fostering that self-acceptance accepting it's going to be cold and doing it anyway and accepting that you know some days you might not like your body and that's okay too to be not just needing to fix it or solve it or be mad at it but to just be with it yeah and I think as you just mentioned before like I think we get so fixated as a culture as well on like the the way for me to fix my body image is to eat better or to exercise more. But I think from my own experience, they're actually not the ways to help me in this. Well, not in this, like they're not the ones that are going to help me at the end of the day. What really is going to help me is how I see myself. And like another one of those things is like, I journal every day, whatever doesn't have to make any sense, but just getting my thoughts out on paper. And and that's a level of self-acceptance too, is just like whatever comes up, whether it's more thoughts that are not so positive or whether it's like, I'm feeling really great, whatever it is, just allowing it to come up and accepting that, you know, as you said, not every day is going to be great. And I know that now, 
I'm not striving for every day to be amazing. Like it will be great if it is, but it is just being able to find those little tokens throughout each day that are really amazing and being able to hold on to them. But knowing that good comes with bad, highs come with lows. And when we can accept those moments, we move through life with so much more ease because we can work through it and and move through it. And I think when we can accept those, that those negatives and those lows patterns are going to come, they seem to move a little bit faster because we acknowledge them when they do come. Yeah, absolutely. I just came across a quote that's really been like, it's just blowing my mind. It's like the ego wants to want, it doesn't want to have. And like, it's just changed how I think about things because it's so often it's like, oh, I'm not happy now, but like, oh, if I was in this place, then I'd, then I'd be happy. Or if I had that, you know, if I had different clothes, if I was looking different, then then I'd be content. It's like the ego it's what it wants to do is it wants to want it doesn't even want to have like once it once you have that it's the next thing it's like like you want to have a good breakfast so you have yeah you have you, you know you're like you're looking forward to breakfast you're looking forward to breakfast as you're eating breakfast you're looking forward to lunch it's like it's literally not satisfied and realizing that has been so nice because I'm not then attached to that oh well you know that next that next it's like well it's always going to be there you know even like when you see rich people it's like even then they're not satisfied they want a bigger boat they want a bigger house it's like that want to want will always be there and even when you have that want there's still going to be other wants and so it's just like that real nice contentness I've been feeling it's like hey I'm going to be feeling like I want the new this and the new that but I'm not going to engage because I know it's not going to bring the satisfaction that I think it will and that has just been like oh okay that's like a really nice understanding to have yeah I love that and I think that also just like brings us back to another practice that I do a lot of. And I think so many people do this day, these days, but some people also find it hard. It's just like, how can I be grateful for what I've got right now? And when we recognize what we are grateful for in the moment and really connecting to that gratitude, I think only then we realize that we, we don't need much. We really don't. And all of the things and all of the excess bits and pieces, they're just extras, but they don't actually add any more value to us. Mm. I think when we strip it back and we can come back to who we are and what we appreciate in each moment, I think we recognise that we're, we are so lucky with all the things that we do have. Yet, as you say, we always want more. Mm. But when we can come back to what we're grateful for in the moment and, and what we do really appreciate about what we have. And again, like a massive part of self, self-acceptance self is like, what am I grateful for about myself? And looking deeper than just the physicality and what people see. Mm. But what about my personality or what about me am I really grateful for? Mm. That's so powerful and such a good like reflective tool for, I guess, yeah, those listening as well to think as well in this moment, like what are you grateful for? I think living in the van has really, really helped that. It's like just stripping back anything that I don't need and just like living simplistically. And it's actually been really nice because even when I'm cooking up in the back of the van, it's like very simple living, but it's like I wouldn't actually want it any other way. Like I feel like I'm the luckiest person there is because I'm by the beach cooking with beautiful views. I don't want expensive food. I don't want restaurant food. Like this is almost priceless to have this kind of view and and lifestyle yet it's something that doesn't have it doesn't require much like very simple living very simple food very simple 
kind of set up, but it's taught, it's helped me remove those things and those distractions. It's been, yeah, really incredible journey. I love that. So true. <laughs> Strip it back. Go simple. Live simply. Yeah. Go out in nature. Disconnect. Yeah. Strip it back. <laughs> Except. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Kind of just back to back to the real, the things that money can't buy. Yeah. The essence of life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing such yeah incredible insight. Like you're an absolute powerhouse and yeah, so incredible that you've learned so much about coming back to who you are and what life is about. Yeah, I definitely like it's, it's not easy and it has to be, I, I was actually just listening to something before and I was like, choose your own weird. Like, everyone's always going to have an opinion about something. Everyone's always going to have their own take on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But if I, I can just recognize what I want and enjoy what I want and do it for the, the reasons that are important to me. And again, coming back to just who am I and, and why do I, why is this important to me? I think we really can, can connect and grow from that place that we really want to grow into. And I think for so long, and I'm sure a lot of people can also relate to this, is we often get so caught up in the world of comparison and I think that's another way that we're also connected, which is fantastic, but it's also so debilitating at times because we're comparing our life to everyone else's. But I don't really want to live anyone else's life. Like I really like the life that I'm living and if I'm living that true to me, then it shouldn't matter what everyone else is doing around me or what are, what their opinions are. So, again, I think this journey is really challenging and and I wouldn't want it any other way. Like it stretches you, it, it enables you to find the people that are willing to support you through, you know, thick and thin, the people that are your own weird, that want to get up at 6am in the morning and go for a <laughs> swim, people that, you know, will go away and disconnect for three days and and not feel like they've missed out on anything like yeah life's about finding your own weird and and embracing it and accepting that and i think that's a really cool way to sum up the journey oh, i love that so much i love that so much and yeah thank you so much for sharing no my pleasure it's been great well that wraps up this week's episode if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow Explore Your Core on Spotify and Instagram to be updated with more episodes and share to your socials to help more people be able to follow their passions.